Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Vibrant Church, let me hear from you. Are you glad to be in the house of God today, this Sunday morning? Come on, let's give it up. Shout a praise. That is awesome. I'm so glad that you are here today. We are honored that you chose to be here at Vibrant. My name is Michael, and my wife Carmen and I have the tremendous honor of serving here as lead pastors. And uh, didn't Brady do an incredible job earlier leading service? Awesome. We love Brady and Sarah. And uh, those of you that don't know, he didn't mention it earlier, which I don't know why. He just I, like uh, Brady and Sarah are expecting their first child. Are you all excited by this? Come on, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is going to be the most spoiled baby of all time. That's just going to just mark it down. It's going to happen. We love Brady and Sarah and all that they do here at Vibrant. I mean, literally, there's nothing really that their hands uh, don't touch uh, departmental-wise, and they serve in so many different areas, and I just honor them. All of our students, you know, somebody asked, many people have asked, well, why don't you guys have like student, another student service on Sunday mornings or do something like that? Well, the reason we don't do that is because we believe in uh, that that students are not the church of tomorrow, but they're the church of today, right? And so what that means is they need to be involved in the church of today. And so you're going to see, you see them all around campus, whether it's on worship or production or kids or wherever, they're serving, they're stepping in, they're holding signs, they're doing all kinds of stuff. And that's because this church believes in your kids. Uh, we believe in not only their, their future, but their now. <laughs> and uh, we really believe in it. And, and let's just give all of our kids and students team an amazing hand, uh, just an amazing hand. We love them. As always, I want to honor our dream team that serves so faithfully. People get here early, early in the morning, uh, every Sunday morning, and they serve throughout the week and, uh, to make sure that our Sunday morning experiences and our life groups are top-notch. And so you can, can you give it up for our, our dream team across the board? Come on. We have Dream Team members that serve online that don't even live in this city, okay? So that's incredible. People that you have never met and maybe never will, but they're on our Dream Team and they serve and uh, they're doing an amazing job. And I love that so, so much. As always, I want to take just a, just a quick moment, look directly into the camera, and I want to welcome in all of our vibrant online family. Thank you so much for getting your family together, joining together for church, getting your family. Can we welcome all of our online family in? Come on, let's welcome them. Uh, we got a few things coming up that I want to tell you about because there are some special, special dates coming up, okay? This is big, big time stuff, okay? Next week is our one-year birthday party. Are y'all excited? One year. Man, I tell you what, and uh, we, we've got some very special things planned for you. Uh, we, we, a lot of... Uh, you're just not even going to recognize the church next week. It's going to be great. It's not even going to feel like a church service. It's just going to feel like a big party. We're going to celebrate all that God's done in this church and in your family. And we're going to look forward to all that God's going to do in the future because I don't believe that God is done. Amen? 
Uh, God is not done yet. And so we've got some amazing things. Jumpies for your kids. Like bring them, let them wear all, all the energy out and then take them home, let them nap. You know what I'm talking about? Like Sunday naps, praise God. Uh, and, you know, and just let them, uh, bring them, let them do all of that. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be a great time. But plus, we've got a brand new merch drop that we're not even gonna tell you what it looks like until you get here. But I just wanna tell you, you're gonna like want it when you get here. It's like special, uh, special. There's a limited edition. There's only a limited amount. So like, bring, you're going to want to buy it like when you get here Sunday morning. Get here early. Uh, seats are going to fill up. We're going to put out even more chairs this week. Praise God. We just keep filling up chairs. This is amazing. I love it. We're going to put out even more this week and, and make sure that we have ample room for you, your family, and all of your friends. And excited about that. But also, uh, so that's next week. But uh, two weeks from there, the first weekend in October, we're going to do something uh, that's a, one of my favorite things to do in this church, and that's Baptism Sunday. If you've experienced, you've made a first step with God, and uh, you, you made that first step, and, and you turned your life over to Jesus, uh, you had that, that you, you know, you turned your life over to Him, but you haven't had a, a post-salvation baptism experience, I want to challenge you. You need to be baptized. Let, let us partner with you. We make it as easy as possible for you. We give you clothes. We give you hair dryers. We give you everything, towels. I mean, we make it as easy as possible for you. All you have to do is show up, okay? All right? So I, here's what I do. I, what, I, what I want you to do here. I want you to go to vibranthtx.com info, and there you can just sign up for baptism, okay? It's very easy. Uh, we make it very simple for you. Sign up for baptism. If you haven't had that post-salvation baptism experience, it is a huge part of the old man dying and the new man living. It's living in freedom every day, which is what this entire series has been about. Amen? You know, this series, Conspiracy Theory, I know this is our fifth week and our final week in this series. This has actually been one of my favorite uh, series uh, as of late. I, I just really, really enjoyed this because uh, to me it's more than just uh, just a, you know, a topical series, but it's really visionary for us. Freedom is not something that is an event, but it's, an, it's a journey that we build our church off of. Uh, freedom is a journey that we build our church off of. And the entire, uh, this entire series has been based around uh, John chapter 8. And uh, so we're going to go through and we'll read this again with you. So but John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36, it starts out like this. It says, to the Jews who had believed him. Notice these are church folk, okay? These are church people, okay? Uh, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then... You will know the truth. Now, I want you to lock in on that word then, okay? Then. That work infers that there's a process, right? That work infers that there's a process. So if that salvation is not the end of the line, it's the beginning, okay? It's, it's the beginning, right? God's ultimately leading us into deeper waters, and that is what freedom is. That's the basis of this entire series. Why have you spent five weeks on this, Pastor Michael? It's because this journey to absolute truth, we get to absolute truth and we discover Jesus and we're saved, but that's not the end. If it was, he would have been like, he would have zapped you and took you. You know what I'm saying? Like it would have been the end right there. No, that didn't happen because there's a journey that follows that. There's a journey and that's what we're talking about. Truth then leads us to freedom. It leads us to freedom. Now, uh, there are too many Christians to me that live saved but not free. There are too many Christians that live saved but not free. The, really, the question that I have for Christians in general today is why would you not get all that God has for you? 
if God has an amazing gift, like if I, like if my wife, she makes dinner all the time, but if, I, if she makes an amazing dinner and, and, and I just eat the bread, now the bread's good, but I want the steak. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like the bread is good, but I, I want some mashed potatoes too. Okay, that's all right. That's okay. I don't eat vegetables because I take vitamins, but whatever, don't judge me. Um, I, it's okay. But if my wife makes a great dinner, I don't want just the bread. I want something... If God has an entire gift for you, why would you just take part of it? Take the entire gift that God has for you. Jesus continues talking. He says, and the truth will set you free. They answered him. He said, we are Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? How can you say that? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. We've talked through this and kind of dissected this scripture in, in numerous ways. But now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Forever. So if the son sets you freed, you will be free indeed. I mean, I want to challenge you today that you will never be truly free indeed until you realize that you can indeed be in bondage. You can. You can be in bondage. In fact, two weeks ago, uh, we identified what that area was. If you weren't here, if you didn't get to listen, take it back, go back and watch it. I, it you, you identify that area first. What is that area that you're in bondage? It's that sin area, and we kind of narrowed it down. But last week, we talked about, so two weeks, we shed that area. We discovered it and shed it. But th- last week, we talked about shutting the door to the enemy. Shutting that door to the enemy. And and here's the thing is if you shut that door, I'm telling you, God will work and your spiritual life will be stronger than it's ever been. Okay? That will work for a time. For a time. But eventually, something will change and the enemy will come back. Now, today we're not going to talk about how to be free. We've talked about that for a few weeks. How do you be free? How do you you get to that point? But today I want to encourage you on how to stay free. How do you keep your freedom, right? How do you keep that freedom in your life? Let me set it up like this. Um, so in my house, uh, I, you know, I have a little problem in, in, in my house. And, and, you know, one thing that I'm going to ask God when we get to the other side is that why in the world did you have Noah bring two fire ants? Uh, why, why, why did you just let them drown? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody, anybody else hate fire ants? Okay, the rest of y'all like them. Okay, I'm going to let y'all step in an anthill. Talk to me. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I hate fire ants. I hate them. And, and so we've had a little problem with our, in our house with ants. Ants everywhere, man. It's like random, like everywhere. And uh, so, we, you know, we would do all the work and we'd get them gone. And, 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 and uh, we thought we had conquered that battle, right? The ants are gone. Like we won. We are victorious. Well, then last week... Um, I think, I, I can't remember what night it was, Sean, but Sean was over at my house and we were watching a ball game and uh, my wife had a cake sitting on the counter uh, that was closed up and she had got this cake from her going away party with her, uh, her, her previous employer and, and, and she got, the, you know, this cake and, and you know how it is when you, you just put the lid on the cake and you come back for seconds. Uh, nobody else okay just me it's okay that's all right that's all right um but <laughs> we came back and I was gonna go get some cake and I chopped into that cake and it was like I chopped into an anthill and I was like oh no not today sir not today so we like instantly we throw the cake away and we're cleaning we're doing all the things we get the exterminator come out and I was like bro he was started talking all this stuff that was way over my head and I was like man I don't care what you have to do but I just want the ants to never come back 
Like, you spray anything that you need to spray, bomb anything you need to bomb, set anything on fire if you need to. I don't care. Like, I just don't want the ants to come back. Like, don't bring the ants back. And, he, you know, he said, he said, uh, <laughs> he's, he said, here's the thing. I'll leave the bait out, and it will, they'll take the, the bait, and they'll bring it back to the queen. I was like, well, this must be like some sister wives' ants, because they like, I, I leave the, the bait out, and they keep coming back. I mean, there's a lot of wives uh, in, in this anthill, you know what I'm talking about? And uh, so I, I was... Man, these ants keep coming back. And I was like, man, come on. Like, you keep coming to my house, and you keep putting out more bait, but I need these ants to go away. You, need, you, you got to do He was like, here's the thing. You'll never get the ants to completely go away. I was like, well, that's reassuring. Why are you here? Like, why am I paying you? Like, <laughs> I can wipe them up myself. You know what I'm talking about? Put my five-year-old and say, go kill ant. Like, I can do that, right? He said, here's the thing. He said, the ants will always come back because they, there is something in your house that they want. They will always come back until there's nothing in your house that they want. The ants will always come back. You can't get rid of them. Man, and that's such a powerful illustration to our lives. We can get rid of the enemy. We can shut the door and say, no, you're not getting in, devil. It's not going to happen. You're not going to fight me. You're not going to fight my marriage. I, I, like, I'm, I'm winning. I wake up on Monday. I had a great day at church. I got free. Hallelujah. I closed the door. But then... There's something in your life that the enemy wants, and it's your soul. So he's going to come back. In fact, Jesus predicted this. Jesus predicted this. He talked about it. And here's the thing. This is not going to be one of those scriptures that you put on your Instagram, okay? Uh, This is not one of those, okay? This is not a real encouraging scripture, but it's still in the Bible. And so uh, Luke uh, 11, 24 through 26, check this out. It says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into, into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. Wait. So it returns and it finds that the former home is all swept and in order. You've closed the door. You've shut the door. Well, that, Pastor Michael, that should be the end of it right there, right? I, sh- I won the battle. Well, I'm free, victorious for the rest of my life. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. Then they all enter the person and live there so that the person is worse off than before. You can get free, but if you don't know how to stay free, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. See, he's warning us here. The reason Jesus was saying this was that doesn't have to happen. That doesn't have to. Like, when you've experienced freedom, don't think the freedom fight's over. Don't think your freedom fight is over. And that's okay as long as you know what to do when he comes knocking. As long as you know what to do. See, there's a cycle that happens in countries and governments. And, and I, I like history and I like that kind of thing. So if you don't, just bear with me because I'm going to explain it to you one way or another. But, uh, <laughs> but there's also a cycle that happens in us spiritually. And it's something that happens in government, but also spiritually within us. And so uh, it's the cycle of three things. And, it's, and the first one is freedom. The cycle of freedom. There's always a little brave heart in all of us, right? Like you paint your face like, I'm not, I don't have to stay this way. I wave the flag of freedom. I am free, right? It's that thing that rises up and says, I don't have to live this way. I can be spiritually free. I can break the chains and sing the freedom song. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody, you know? But then the next stage in this cycle is prosperity. Prosperity. It's every place where there is freedom 
that country and those people experience some level of prosperity. And where there is freedom, people's natural inclination is to push forward. And so that is not necessarily even financial there, okay? But in the spiritual, it's a momentum thing. It's a momentum thing. So what happens in our countries is that prosperity breeds pride and complacency. Prosperity breeds pride and complacency. In fact, the government says, spin, 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 spin. And I'm not talking about politics here. I'm just talking about red, blue, purple, red, white. I don't care what you are. The government says, spin, 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 spin. And we get ourselves to a place of prosperity where it breeds pride and complacency. Well, now our government spends so much that the money that we spend, we only bring in 60, 60% enough to cover all of that. So what that means is every month your government goes into debt 40%. They borrow 40%. Now imagine if you and I did that. Would that work? No. No, the bank would be coming to your door like, hey, hey, player, you can't live in this house no more. It ain't going to work. Like, give me that car back. That ain't going to work, right? It's not going to work. Well, that happens. Then we get to this place that is our third step here. We have freedom. We have bond. Or we, have, we have freedom, prosperity, and then our third one leads to bondage, to bondage, bondage. Slavery, it brings us back to slavery, to sin, to debt, to attitudes, to mindsets, to habits that we don't want. We don't want this to repeat itself, but it's the cycle that continues over and over and over to repeat itself. And does anybody feel that today? Anybody feel that, this, this freedom to prosperity, to bondage? In fact, we find this in the New Testament church. We find this exact cycle. In fact, we find it all the way throughout the Word of God, but we find it primarily in this New Testament church. And, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll just set it up like this. Remember in the Old Testament, we've got how they, they had the law, right? And the law was great for that time, but the purpose of the law was for, them to, for God to show them, hey, you can't make it by yourself. You can't do it all. In fact, here's all the rules. There's no way you can do it all. Like, I even gave you, God said, I gave you 10 simple rules, and y'all couldn't even handle that. Like, some of y'all that have kids understand exactly what I'm talking about right now. I just asked you to pick up the Legos. That's all I asked you to do. It's not that complicated. You know what I'm talking about? And so God was like, hey, I gave you like 10 simple things, and y'all couldn't handle it. Well, what? here's the thing. It's the, the purpose of that is that we needed grace. Well, in that, he gives us grace. He brings Jesus, and Jesus dies on a cross for us. And the New Testament church is born through the resurrection of Jesus, but then it gets good. He brings this gospel of grace, which is freedom. But then even the New Testament church went back, went back into bondage. The New Testament church did it. In fact, Galatians is an entire book addressing this cycle. If you read it, you'll see it like 16 times in this particular book. In fact, Galatians 5 and 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ set us free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. But don't miss the second part. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Slavery. You don't have to repeat the cycle. You don't have to repeat the cycle today. How? Freedom comes in two forms. It comes in two forms. Number one, a moment. It's deliverance. It's an experience, right? And then a movement, which is discipleship. 
which is a journey, which is growing continually, right? That's how freedom, but if you're gonna stay free, you've gotta get on that journey. So today what we're gonna do is actually use the prodigal son as an example and a case study for this particular uh, cycle. We're gonna use him as a a case study. So this is in Luke chapter 15, uh, verse 11. They're gonna put it on the screen. It says this, we're gonna read a lot of Bible in this story, uh, but forgive me, we're gonna use the Bible in church. Come on, somebody. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, Verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man that had two sons two sons mark that down the younger one said to his father father uh, give me uh, my share of the estate so he divided the property between them not long after that the younger son got all together got together all that he had set off for a distant country and squandered his wealth in his wild living then after he spent everything there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need see there's a cycle right there There's a cycle right in the middle of that. Then he did something that you need to do in your journey. He did something that you you need to do right in the middle of your cycle, in the middle of your journey today. This outline is something that I want you to keep very close by. And if you, please, I want you to take notes, write it down on your phone, your, you, you know, your husband, your husband's hand, whatever you got to do, like write it down. I want you to remember this, 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 this way to get out of the cycle here. Okay. This journey, he did something that most of us struggle to do. Number one was admit that you need help. Admit that you need help. Most of the time, this is how it goes. Nah, no, 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 I don't need help. I'll tell God, but God will help me, but I don't need anybody else knowing, like, my life's not perfect, right? I don't need, uh, maybe, that, uh, anybody else, this mic on? Hey, hey, production, this mic on? Let me make sure. All right. I, oftentimes, it, we get before God, and we're like, oh, God, I spill my guts to God. But then when we get to God's people, we're like, oh, no, I'm perfect. I'm good. I'm straight. Everything's right. I've never made a mistake in my life. We get before God's people and we go, oh, I've got it all together. And we think that, that it's okay. You know, I, I got another example here. And I, I know it seems like my house has a lot of problems, but it really doesn't. It just happens that I'm talking about two of them in one, in one message today. But when we moved into our home, um, there was, I, I'm going to admit something to you guys that uh, is very difficult for any man to admit today. Uh, and, and so when I moved into, when we moved on to our home, our, our kitchen sink, there was a little leak to it. And I, I, you know, I don't know how, I'm not a plumber. I, I just don't know how to fix that stuff. I had a plumber come out and they were like, well, this thing's wrong and this thing's wrong. Well, I did what any dude would do, get another plumber and make sure he said the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And so I got another plumber and he said some, something completely different. I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to replace the whole thing. And so uh, we've been waiting to replace the whole thing. And it's just been kind of like, I, you know, we're just, man, we're just kind of like rolling with it. But in this time, like it's leaking under my, my sink this whole time. And, and this, you know, for me, it was like, I wanted to go to my neighborhood group and be like, hey, who, who knows how to fix this? But I was like, man, I don't want anybody thinking that, like, I don't know how to take care of my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want anybody thinking that of me. All you dudes, you're not laughing, but you're amen to me right now, internally, right now, in your mind, in your spirit. The rest of y'all that are not amen and know how to fix stuff. The re- y'all pray for me, okay? <laughs> See, it's difficult for, for us to let down our pride and say, I need help, y'all. I've messed up. It's the most courageous thing that you can do in your life is to ask for help. To ask for help. For ask for somebody to partner with you in this journey. 
It's the most courageous thing that you can ever do. In fact, we find the prodigal son do this in Luke 15, 15 through 17. Said, so he went and hired himself out to, a, out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. That sounds fun. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. Now, I want y'all to slow down real quick while you're thinking about Torchy's tacos right now. Just think, just right, right, right there. But no one gave him anything. He was so hungry and had nothing. He just wanted what the pigs were eating. But no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses and he realized you've got to admit that you need help, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? Here I am starving to death. He had a moment where he had to just say, enough, enough. This burden, this, 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 this thing that's on my shoulders, it isn't enough. I've got to come to my senses and realize that I need help. You'll never be free unless you realize there's a problem. You'll never be free unless you realize you can be in bondage. How? How do I get free, Pastor Michael? I'm, I, how do I do that? Well, that's why. That's why groups, I, I'm just going to let you in on the back, the, kind of behind the curtain of what goes on at Vibrant Church. Small groups and life groups have nothing to do with curriculum. Nothing. That's why we have a basketball life group and we have a, a yoga life group. Y'all think, y'all think that's something about like Galatians or Romans or we're reading through the Old Testament and that? No, no. The purpose of all of that is staying connected. Because when you are connected, you can stay free. But if you are disconnected, it's the most easy time for the enemy to open the door. If you want freedom consistently, you need connection consistently. If you want freedom continually, you better stay connected to people who can speak freedom into your life. You need that. Groups are all about connection because when somebody asks the question and says, Hey man, I've got something going on. Can we talk about this? And then you realize, hey, this guy's not perfect and his life's messed up. And then you realize, hey, my life's messed up too and I'm free to talk about this and we can kind of just be transparent together. See, friendship is born, true friendship is born in moments of honest weakness. Honest weakness. You need freedom that comes from that environment. How do you stay free? Connection. The second, second part of this, how we fight this cycle, is number two, humbly repent to God and to others. To God and to others. There's two places here. Luke 15 and 18 says, I will set out and go back to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. In other words, that he realized he couldn't just work it out between him and God. He could not work it out just between him and God. That's not God's plan. God's, not, God, God's plan, he created a system and that system, here's the thing, a system is vision's best friend. Okay, if you have a vision for your life that is going to get here, if you don't have a system to get there, it won't happen. Like we launched this church a year ago, and if we didn't have a system, none of this would have been possible. Okay, systems are vision's best friend, and it's, it's the same thing in freedom. You've got to have a system, and the way God's system is, is that God does what people can't do. He forgives you. God does what people can't do. Okay, but then God relies on his people to do the rest. You go to God for forgiveness, but you go to God's people for freedom. You've got to humbly repent to God and to others. That's why James 5 and 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be 
healed, healed, right? When God and people collide, a power comes into play here because it brings accountability and a relationship and a supernatural power of God. A power of God. In fact, this word repentance, I know that's like a super uh, spiritual biblical word here, but I'm going to break it down for you, okay? This word repentance, it's actually uh, two Greek words that they put together, and, and it it's sounded out like this, metanoia. Can you say that with me? Say metanoia. Oh, man, man, y'all got to wake up. Y'all must have skipped a coffee this morning. Can y'all say metanoia, metanoia, metanoia? That is two words, two Greek words put together, and, and these words are change in mind. Change your mind. If you want to repent, it's more than just coming to God and saying, God, I'm so sorry for what I did on Saturday night. I'm so sorry for what I did this week. I'm so sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for how I acted. But then I go back out and do the same thing again. See, repentance is getting before God and allowing him to change your mind. If you don't change your mind, you'll never change your patterns. If you don't change your mind, you'll never change your lifestyle. If you don't change your mind, you'll never change your marriage. If you don't change your mind, your kids will never experience the freedom that you want them to. This metanoia is this repentance. You come before God and you do a 180. Literally, it means to be walking this way and to turn around almost in a military style. Not, a, you know, not something that, that has the turning radius of a rhinoceros. We're not talking about that here. We're talking about something that is a direct turnaround where you change your direction. Change your direction. The third thing that you've got to do to fight the cycle is daily choose to reject Satan's lies. Daily. And I don't want you to miss that first word because that might be the most important word of that statement. Daily choose to reject Satan's lies. You've got to make a choice every day because why? He's going to come back. Watch it here. In fact, we find it in the prodigal son story in Luke 15. This is chapter, uh, chapter 15, 25 through 28. It says this. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called out one of the servants and he said, what's going on? What's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he's come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. Some of y'all feeling that in your spirit right now. Some of y'all feeling it, you know. He refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, begged him. He said, he answered to the father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home and you kill the fattened calf for him. See, the older son in that moment of weakness listened to the lies of the enemy and said, well, I've never done anything wrong. Well, that's just not fair. I've, I've, man, I've never, you know, in fact, we find, we find this here. The dad, earlier in this story, he divides all of his wealth up between his sons. Now, if you, if you think in a modern terms, dividing up, you think equal parts. But that's not what happened in that day. In fact, the older son in Jewish culture would receive uh, almost double of what everybody else would. 
As an oldest son, can we reinstate that? Come on, somebody. Like, can we do that? That's what I'm talking about. And, and you know, he would receive almost double. So he, he, he split up all of his goods and his wealth. So that oldest son, had just, he had just received two-thirds of all the wealth that his daddy had. And he said, Dad, you didn't even give me a young goat. Do y'all realize how ridiculous that sounds? You know, sometimes, uh, let me pastor you for a minute. Let me, can I pastor you? Is that okay? Is that all right? Let me pastor you. Many times we get before God and we see what we want, but we don't see what he's already provided. We see what we want and, the, and, and all the great things. Are, well, God, I want you to bless me with this and this and this. God, you won't even give me a new car. Well, what about the car that I just gave you? What about the house that I gave you? What about the health that I gave you? What about the finances and the job promotion that I just gave you? And the, what about all the things that I gave you? We end up complaining about the young goat when we've got two-thirds of God's pasture. We end up complaining and what happens is that complaining leads us to complacency, which leads us back into bondage. You've got to destroy the lie. No, devil. No. This, this, see, the, the oldest son there had said, Father, you didn't even give me a goat. Well, son, I gave you two-thirds of the farm. That's a lie. You're just jealous because your son coming home, my, my, your brother coming home. You're just jealous of it. You've got to deny the enemy. You've got to stop believing the lie that the enemy would tell you that would affect your destiny that's in front of you. Now, I wish y'all would preach with me right now. You've got to stop believing the enemy when he says, well, what good has serving God been for you? God hadn't even given you that thing you've been praying for yet. He may not have, but I'll tell you what he has given me. He's given me breath to breathe and a new day to live and an opportunity to give God praise and glory. And I believe for what he's going to do in the future. Some of you have been praying for a miracle and you've been wondering why it hasn't happened yet. I would just encourage you to change your perspective and look back on the two-thirds that he's already given you. Look back on the two-thirds that he's already given you and you might just be ready to step into the blessing and the destiny that he's put out in front of you. Come on, somebody. I wish you'd clap your hands. you got to stop believing the lies and the enemy that's going to tell you, well, life is never going to get better. 2020 is just going to continue. I've refused to, to put that on my life. I saw that on social media, and you know what the first thing I did? Is that somebody said, well, 2021 may not be better than 2020. Uh, you know what I did? Block. Like, y'all, <laughs> get up off my timeline, devil. I ain't trying to do that. Huh? I ain't trying to speak that over my life. I'm trying to speak 2021 is going to be my best year yet because when I'm in the valley, I'm growing and I'm heading up to the mountaintop where the blessing is, where the favor is, when I get ready to do something. Now y'all starting to preach like the full house. Now y'all starting to preach a little bit. I just need y'all to loosen up a little bit, okay? You got to stop believing those lies when they, and, and I just got to tell you, you may not see, oh, oh, the devil ain't speaking to me. He ain't lying to me. I'm telling you what, he lies to every one of us. None of us are exempt. None of us are immune to the lies of the enemy. And he continues to tell you, well, oh, 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 you, you, your kids are never going to be good. You, you, uh, why can't you just have kids like somebody else? Have? I'm just tell you what, 
You start to invest in your kids, I promise you, they'll become the kids that you want them to be. I'm going to get off that because y'all getting uncomfortable. It's okay. He said, this is so good. He says, my son, the father said, he comes back. He claps back at him. He says, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. In other words, my God, this is good. I don't want you to miss this, okay? Is that not only did the father give him two-thirds of everything he had, he said that if you would look back and realize that all I've done for you, everything I have is yours. What that means is you have the key to unlock the door to unlimited power, unlimited miracles, unlimited blessing, but it begins with looking backwards. You've got to stop, stop believing the lies of the enemy. Daily, you've got to rebuke them. Daily. Don't accept those lies on you. But then the fourth thing, which it might be more important than the third, is daily choose to receive God's truth. Musicians come. Many people, unfortunately, don't know what the truth is. In fact, I did a little experiment this week. And I asked five people that I know, and I asked them, I said, what do you think God says about you? What is the truth that God says about you? And all five of them gave different answers. Now, that's not an altogether bad thing, right? That's not a bad thing. But what that means is that many times we don't even really know and truly believe what God is saying about us. So how can we truly live out what God has for us? See, I'm getting ready to empower you with some biblical truth right now. Y'all ready for it? I'm going to empower you. You're going to walk away empowered today. Empowered. We're going to close this series with truth that's going to change the way you navigate. It's to change the way that you look at your journey. It's this truth. Something that you may have never heard in your life. In fact, in Luke 15, 24 through, or 22 through 24, it says this. But the father said to his servants, he said, quick. Bring the best robe. Talking about the younger son here. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and let's kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He's alive. He was lost, but he was found. So they began to celebrate. See, there are three parts of what the father did in that moment. But these are also three things that God, three truths that God has given you. The first one is this. It's a robe of righteousness. It's a robe of righteousness. Now it sounds fancy and, and churchy, but let's make it real. Isaiah says that he's clothed you in righteousness. What, the, what does that even mean? What does that mean for you today? What does that mean for you on Sunday, September, 20, September 13th? What does that mean for you? That means that you change the way that you view yourself. That robe of righteousness changes. It filters everything that you believe. Here's the truth is that you don't see things the way that they are. You see things as you see yourself. So when you put on the robe of righteousness, everything that you see through life, 
it filters on how you see yourself. So when you put the robe of righteousness on, you start to filter your life through righteousness. You start to filter your future through righteousness. You start to filter your family through righteousness that God, nobody else has given you. No man could give you, so no man can take it away. But God has robed you in righteousness when you turned your life over to him. And there's no enemy, there's no devil in hell that can take it from you. It's, it's a truth that comes from God that changes the way that you look at yourself and changes the way that you react. It's vitally important for you to see yourself, not how you see you, but how God sees you. How God sees you today. When he says, take that on, he says, not what you've been told, not what a family member told you, not what your ex told you, not what your enemy has told you, but what God said about you. Let me just tell you, when he sees you today, he doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your heaviness. He doesn't see your bondage. He paid for that. He paid for that. That's done. That work is finished. You don't have to work for that. That work is done. But what he sees is righteousness. He sees a forgiven child of God. That belief changes you. It changes how you walk. You're able to walk with some confidence because you say, I I have the righteousness of God. And I know like sometimes you say those words and you think, man, that, that sounds a little bit haughty almost, but that's, that's the word of God. You have the righteousness of God. The second thing that he gives you is the ring of authority. You know, in the old movies, there was power in a ring. There was power in a ring and, and, and this ring was... It was a signal of being in the family. If somebody was a part of a royal family, there would be a ring involved. And, and, and at that point, it was almost like a credit card, if you will. And, and with that ring came the power of the family name. See, Carmen, when we were married, Carmen has a ring, uh, but she has my name. And so she has the authority to make calls in my name. She has the authority to make the calls in my name. There's something that you may not know today, but you have his ring. You have access to the most powerful name in the universe. You have access to the one who can unlock all the miracles that you've been praying for. Now, too many people come and they say, well, pastor, will you pray with me? Pastor, will you pray with me? Well, I I'll say what? No, I won't pray with you, but I'll agree with you because you have the same power that I have. Too many of us lean on people around us for power that we have access to. What would happen if every person in here really leaned into the power that God has already given you? What kind of miracles could be unlocked if you really, if you're watching online today, if you really leaned into the power of God of what, what really he's already done for you? It's all in your ring. Miracles come when you call that name. But finally, the third thing that you have here that God has given you is 
you stand with me across this room today? Our prayer team is going to get in, in place today. And, and these are people that, are, that will agree with you, that will touch the throne of heaven with you. And we're going to pray in just a moment. The shoes of peace. Ephesians 6, one of the pieces of the armor of God is that God would cover our feet with the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. So what this means is you have a robe of righteousness which changes how you view yourself. You have a ring of authority that allows you to make the calls in the name of Jesus that you can speak healing, you can speak miracles, but then also it gives you the shoes of peace where you walk in the peace that God has put in your heart. See, today, as we close the series, talking about freedom and talking about staying free, some of you in this house might be burdened closing out this series. You might be burdened by the cares of life. You might be burdened by things going on in your world. But I just want to tell you, you can be free and you can stay free. You can be free and you can stay free. See, there was a young boy once who was, he was out on his parents' farm and he threw a rock out and he, and he hit the head of a geese on one of the, 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 the geese that were out there and he killed the geese, the goose, and killed the goose. And, and he was so scared that his parents were going to find out. So he buried the goose and, and went inside and he thought nobody knew, but his sister knew. His sister knew and his sister said, well, I'm going to tell mom and dad unless you wash the dishes. And, and he said, okay, all right. Well, he washed the dishes for days, y'all. Like days, he would wash the dishes, and he would wash the dishes. And finally, it came to a head, and, and, and dinner was over. And she said, well, aren't you going to go wash the dishes? And he said, nope, I've already told mom, I'm free. I'm free again. For some of you, you feel like you killed a goose. You feel like you laid an egg. You feel like you might have messed up. But I'm telling you, you're never closer to freedom than when you go directly to Jesus. Stop washing the dishes when you have access to the authority of God. Stop washing dishes when you can take the authority and the righteousness and the peace of God into your life and make it true to you. Right now, what I want to do to close this series is number one, I want you to cross the room if you feel comfortable. I wish that you'd just lift your hands right now. And we're going to say something. It's three words, but I, I just wish that you would say it in faith. I wish you'd just say, I'm free again. Now, that was really nice and that sounded good, but I wish that you would say it with a little gumption like you believe it. Can you say that? Say, I am free again because of Jesus inside of me he made the call I'm free again if you're free again what I wish that you'd do is no melody no 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 lyrics I wish that you would celebrate the freedom that you have and begin to step into the favor come on take about 30 seconds and step into that Come on, I want you to step into it later. Make it loud, make it loud right now. Come on. Now, right now, some of you in this house have a need that only God can do. You have something that you need in your life that only God can provide. Amen. If you have that need, what I wish that you do is just let it be known by lifting one of your hands across the room today. 
If you have a need, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, if you're online, I want you to just kind of put, just wave your hand in the emojis. Like, give us an emoji comment. Let our prayer team pray with you. I want to encourage you. Right now, you see people all around you with your hands raised. If you don't have your hands raised, I wish that you would raise yours and point your hand towards them. And we're going to pray prayers of blessing and that God would unlock miracles and that he would really do what he promised he would do in the people's lives in this room. If you believe that today, I want you to begin to do it. If you need prayer, if you want somebody to agree with you, step out from your seat and our prayer team is here as we begin to worship and sing and just give glory to the God who is just above all things, the God that can give us miracles, the God that gives us freedom, the God that keeps us free, the God that can unlock doors that nothing, nobody else could do. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Sit promise you stands. Great is your
Some of you in this house, you may, you may say, well, man, I've never felt anything like this in my life. I've never, you know, this whole Jesus thing is new to me, or I'm coming back, and I'm going to turn my life back over to Jesus. I would tell you that it begins with taking one step towards him. And that one step is this prayer of faith. It's this prayer of surrender that you give your life to Jesus and you make that first step. That's, that's, that's your step and you take this journey towards freedom. Can you bow your heads and let's all pray together. Pray this prayer with me if that's you. Jesus, I need you today. I recognize I've been a slave to sin. I'm a slave to the things that have held me back. But today, I recognize that you died on a cross and rose three days later so I could walk in freedom, so I could have fulfillment, so I could have salvation. So I receive that grace and I repent from my sins and turn my life over to you. You're the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, let it be known by lifting your hands across the room. If you turn your life back over to Jesus, come on, let's clap our hands right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So many ask, well, what's my next step? Well, we're a church of next steps. I'm glad you asked. There's two things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to sign up for baptism. Well, I was baptized as a kid, and I really didn't understand it. Be rebaptized. You need to be baptized. Sign up for baptism. You can do that on our website, vibrantshtx.com slash info. Sign up for baptism. That happens three weeks from today. Three weeks from today, sign up for baptism. But then also, some of you, I've seen you around Vibrant. You've been coming, and you just come, man, Vibrant's been awesome. But now, now you've decided Vibrant's going to be my home. Well, what's my on-ramp? Your on-ramp is next, and that happens directly after church. It's a two-week course that happens directly after service, and we give you snacks. We watch your kids for you. It's in the next room directly outside the worship center. Today is step two, and there's uh, two steps, but OCD people, you can start on step two. It's okay. It's all right. We'll, you can make it through. We'll walk through it together, okay? Freedom. <laughs> but you can start step two right now after church. Amen. 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 Dream team, y'all been through next? Amen. We'll help you discover your purpose, discover why God made you, and help you find a team that's going to accentuate that. Amen. Let me pray over you as we dismiss in Jesus' name. Lord, I love you. I'm so thankful for what you're doing in this house. God, thank you for this body of believers. God, I pray that you would change, change the way that we think about freedom. Change the way that we think about staying free and and. and, and continually li living in the freedom that you've already given us, God. I pray that you would encourage every person in here, that you would let them walk out empowered, empowered with your robe of righteousness, your ring of authority, and the shoes of peace today. I pray that you would bless their families. You would encourage them and give them great favor. God, protect them from any uh, illnesses or viruses that, that may want to attack their bodies. I pray divine protection over them and their family. God, protect this church. Do something supernatural, God, that only you can get the glory for. In Jesus' name I pray.